This episode of the Dad Tired Podcast is brought to you by Blinkist. Most of us busy dads want to continue to learn, but it's hard to find time as busy men to sit down and read a book. That's why I'm recommending one of the most used apps on my phone. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique and powerful. It works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist gives you the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories. Blinkist condenses them down into what they call blinks, which you can either read or or listen to in just 15 minutes. I like to listen to a few Blinkist books uh, before I go to bed. Over 14 million people are using Blinkist to deepen their knowledge on all kinds of topics from self-improvement, personal growth, management, leadership, mindfulness, happiness, and more. Like I said, I listen to a few before I go to bed each night. We've had a couple authors who have been on this podcast who have books on Blinkist. One of them is Bob Goff. He's got a book called Everybody Always that uh, is on Blinkist. And then John Mark Comer, one of my favorite books of the year, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, is also on Blinkist. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash tired to start a free seven-day trial, you'll get 25% off your Blinkist premium membership and up to 65% off audiobooks, which is a new feature that's yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to get 25% off a premium membership and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash tired. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. Good to be back here with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, maybe you were searching for something uh, about dads or dadhood or fatherhood or marriage or anything like that, and you happen to find Dad Tired, we're glad that you did. Uh, man, we're just a bunch of guys from all over the world who are trying to figure out what it looks like to lead our family well. I always say that it's easy to find friends who will watch a game with you or a fight with you or go have a beer with you or whatever, but it's hard to find guys who are taking this stuff seriously and like willing to talk about it. <laughs> uh, it's just hard to find those kind of friends. So that's what we're trying to do, create a community of guys who are taking their faith and their family and their marriage very seriously. And so we're glad that you're here. We've got a closed group on Facebook. We've got thousands of guys, almost 12,000 guys over on Facebook who are hanging out and talking about this stuff. It's a really encouraging group of guys over there. So if you're not part of it, even if you've been listening to the podcast for years and you're not part of that group, I highly recommend that you go over there, even if you're not on Facebook very often. It's a very good group to... I don't have any Facebook friends I have not even my wife, my mom, my grandma, nobody. I just have a Facebook account so I can be part of the Dad Tired group. So if that is something that you'd be interested in, we'd love to have you be part of our little community hanging out over there. Uh, if you have read any of my stuff, any of the books that I've written, or uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've probably picked up on that I have a slight fascination with death. <laughs> uh, that sounds so weird and morbid. Every time I say that, it feels weird. I'm just, man, I think about death so much. I'm married to an oncology nurse who every single week is walking people into their death journey. Sometimes there are great stories and people recovering and it's wonderful. And oftentimes it leads to death. And uh, you, I'm just reminded, man, as she comes home and she tells me these stories every single week that it's just, it has no bias, doesn't care, cancer doesn't care, death doesn't care how rich you are or poor you are, the color of your skin or your social status or your background. 
It just doesn't matter. This is an inevitable thing that we are all going to face. And I don't know, man, I'm just so fascinated. I'm motivated by it. Like death is highly motivating to me. And so I think about it constantly. I don't know if it's unhealthy or not, but I just feel like I am at, I'm, I'm nearing the end. <laughs> I'm only in my early thirties and I feel like I'm just nearing the end, man. Even if I, I know I'm, I'm, this is, I'm already spending more time on this than I wanted to, but even if I like live for a long time, even like I get, I, I die at a quote unquote good old age, good old age, you know, like eighties, nineties, even if I make it to a hundred Let's just say crazy statistic, I make it to 100, which by the way, I don't even know if I want to. I tell Layla, like if I'm at the point where I'm not contributing, like you're like just fully, I'm fully relying on you taking care of me or somebody taking care of me all the time. Man, just let me go be with Jesus. I don't want to do this, but I'll I'll probably change my mind when I'm like 103 and still want to watch Wheel of Fortune or something. I don't even watch Wheel of Fortune now. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, say I get to my hundreds. Even then, dude, if that's what, less than 70 years away, 70, 70, if I live to a hundred, I have 60 something years to go. Think about how fast years go. This just blows my mind. I don't know why everybody's not talking about death. It's absolutely, it's something that we are all going to face. A hundred percent of us are going to be uh, on this earth right now. are going to be replaced by a new population in a hundred ish years. And I just feel like we should all be talking about it. It's it's an incredible motivator for me. So all that to say, because of that, because I'm thinking about death often, I am always feel pressed to instruct my kids like as often as I can. And you've heard me talk about this and write about this. Like I'm just I write I talk a lot about discipleship not being these 15 minute times or devotional times during the the night before bed or whatever. If you're doing that, that's awesome. That's great. Keep doing that. But discipleship is really like if we're trying to push our kids and and help our kids learn who Jesus is and the ways of Jesus, like that's a whole lot. They have to see it play out in everyday life. Like how do you treat the people at the grocery store and your neighbor? And how do you act when you're mad and when you're frustrated or when you're scared? Like these, all of these kinds of things are discipleship moments where we're teaching people or we're teaching our kids, this is the way of Jesus. This is how Jesus people act and live, right? And so it's an all-consuming thing. And so for me, I'm just as many times throughout the day as I can point my kids to Jesus and kind of point them their eyes back to the way of Jesus. I'm doing this and and I'm often motivated by this because I feel like I'm probably going not going to make it to 100. I always say and kind of feel in my gut like I'm going to get that cancer sentence or some sentence, death sentence soon. And whether that's next month or next year or 60 years from now, it's all of that is still soon. And so I'm just trying to instruct my kids as often as I can. And so I just feel this. And the other thing is, I know I'm like going crazy on this topic here, you guys, I apologize. Hang with me. Um, the, the other thing is I didn't have that growing up. Like I didn't have anyone doing that for me. I always tell Layla, like, imagine if I had had a dad who was like purposely walking through life with me. And like when I would hit some kind of hiccup was coaching me and modeling for me and being so intentional. A lot of us had good parents, but even our good parents weren't necessarily intentional parents about like raising, they, they were focused on paying the bills and making sure we had a safe and you know decent childhood. But a lot of them, um, I know I'm making some generalizations here, but a lot of them from what I hear weren't like super intentional. Like, Hey, I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to use every opportunity I can to teach you about life and the things of God and just how to mature as a person. 
And so I'm kind of swinging hard the other way. One, because I just want that for my kids. Two, because I feel like I'm going to be dead soon. Again, whether that's one year, I'm not trying to be morbid, you guys. I'm depressed your day. (laughs) Uh, I'm not afraid of it. Not because I'm tough or whatever and, you know, macho or whatever. I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I don't, maybe I'll be afraid of it when that day comes. But right now I don't feel afraid of it. I just know it's an, an inevitable reality that we'll all face. But whether that's one year from now or 50 years from now or 60 years from now or whatever, like it's coming soon. And so I'm trying to press this on my children as often as I can possibly press, use every opportunity. The other thing is my son, my oldest, you know, he turned nine. We're halfway done of him like raising up to be a man. And um, I've already had nine years and I only have nine years to go before I stop becoming most likely the main influencer in his life, the loudest voice that's shaping who he is. And so I'm just trying to use as many opportunities as I can to just instruct him and teach him and, and teach him wisdom. All that to say, and I know that was a lot, um, all that to say the other day, this just happened. My daughter, we do weekly sleepover nights at grandma. So my oldest daughter went and had a sleepover with grandma. And my son said, hey, because uh, sister is out with grandma tonight, would you mind sleeping in my bed with me? And dude, even just saying that could make me like cry because he's, I look at him as a little man. Um, I'm teaching him like about more manly stuff as he's growing into this you know, pre-teenager boy. And we're talking about shaving and girls and all the stuff that, um, you know, young men start to talk about. And so I see him as a a little boy developing into a young man. And, And in many ways, I'm so excited for him to become a young man and to really grow into a solid man and become the kind of man that I want, uh, him to be and that I long to be. Um, and yet, in moments like this, I just am reminded of his like boyhood. He's still a boy. He's still a child. And he just longs for daddy to love him and to spend time with him. And so, dude, I like we <laughs> I slept in his bed and I rubbed his back. And I was just reminded, like, this is the little boy that I was holding just nine years ago in my arms as a baby. I remember so vividly the day he was born in the hospital and holding him and crying and seeing, this is my boy. This is a gift from God. And I know you know that for your own kids. Like you remember those days very vividly when our kids were just little babies and now they're growing up. And and I was just reminded in that moment, like more than anything, man, even more than my instruction, even more than my wisdom, my son just wants daddy. Like he still is just a boy longing to be delighted in and loved on by his daddy. And I don't care how old your son is, man. Like we all kind of have that. Like even as men now, there's still that sense that longing in our souls that, man, are are we just like, are we delighted in by our dad? I don't know if my dad listens to this podcast. If you do, dad, hi, Uh, I love you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's so many thoughts there, but it popped in my mind there. But my dad, I was going through my voicemail box because my, my mailbox was full on my phone. And so I was just deleting all the these messages. And then it, it had got down where I just had a bunch of messages from my dad, like in a row, I had deleted all kind of the spam stuff. And it was just my dad voice, voice messages from my dad in a row. And so I listened to like six in a row over probably the last two years. 
and it just was, uh, it was my dad saying, Hey son, just calling to say, I love you. Hey son, just calling to say, I love you. Hey son, just calling to see how you are. I love you. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. And dude, I don't know. God just used that in that moment. And it was like, it was my dad and I did not have a close relationship growing up. He wasn't around and we've become closer in recent years. I'm actually hoping to have my dad on and we can share more of that story here soon. But to hear like just succinct in order, just like boom, boom, boom. I love you. I love you. I love you. It was really this overwhelming sense of, oh my gosh, like my dad actually delights in me. Even as a man, that meant it like melted me, man. It like, it took all my manhood down and just, it made me this little boy who was just longing to hear that my, my dad loves me and that he delights in me. And I don't care how old your sons are, like they are still longing as boys to just be loved on and delighted in from their dad. And I just feel like when we do that, when we, when we, when we delight in our kids first, we give them a glimpse of God, of the Father. And I think this is one of the hardest things for us as people, uh, and I can't speak for women, but I think for us as people, and especially for us as men, to really grasp that God isn't just trying to make you a better man. He's not just trying to like help you become something you're not or to get you into heaven one day. Like all those things are true, but more than any of that, like rooted in all of that is that God deeply loves you. God actually delights in you. You bring God joy as his son. And for that reason alone, You are a child of God, and because of that, he delights in you. His heart is filled with joy when he thinks about you. Not a future version of you, not who he hopes you're going to become one day, but who you are right in this moment. God delights in you. You bring him joy. And dude, that's such a hard concept to grasp, and that's why I want you just to like sit in that for a minute. The God of the universe just like a good father delights in you. You bring him joy. His heart is filled with joy when he thinks about you. That's incredible to think about. Before God like wants to instruct you or for you to become a better man or like instruct you with all his wisdom and all his ways, which he does and he will and he's gracious to do that. But rooted in all of that is his deep love for you. And I'm not just making this up. Like I don't want you to like think that I'm just like, you know, this is this fluffy talk coming from Jared, you know, like I'm not, this is not good theology and I'm, this is me centered theology. It's not like this is actual <laughs> biblically true, man. Psalm 18, 19, he brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Zephaniah 3, 17, for the Lord, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Isaiah 62, 4, you shall no more be termed forsaken. God isn't going to say you're forsaken. For your land shall no more be termed desolate. You're no longer going to be desolate. This is him telling the Israelites for context. But you shall be called, listen to what God says, you shall be called to the Israelites, my delight is in her. And your land will be called married, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married. Psalm 149.4, for the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Isaiah 42.1, behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul 
delights. This is God talking. Whom I uphold my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit in him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Even think about the verse that we all know. Most of us who grew up in church know this verse. John 3.16, by heart for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. His justice, listen, his justice, God justice, him going to the cross and dying on a cross was rooted first in his love for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't just do the right thing because it was the right thing to do, although he would have because he is a God of justice, but he didn't just do it because it was the right thing to do. He did the right thing out of his deep love for you. For God so loved, it wasn't that God was so just, he is so just, but it's not just that he's so just. It's that God so loved you that he gave his only son for you. God delights in you. You bring him joy. And so at at the foundation of all of the instruction and wisdom and sanctification, if you're not familiar with churchy words, that's just a way of God saying he's making you more like him. Like in all of that, at the root of all of it, the foundation for all of that is that God delights in you like a good father delights in his children. And the truth is, man, the foundation of our instruction must be delight. Until our kids know that they are delighted in, they won't catch our instruction. If all we're doing is building a house of wisdom and instruction, we're building a house on sinking sand. Unless that foundation is first delight. Our kids will catch our wisdom, but they will never let it sink into the depths of their soul until they know that it's coming from a place of delight, that daddy delights in them. Dude, we all had like coach. Remember, think back to high school like or, or any, ch- any grade growing up in school. Like if you think back to your favorite teacher, that teacher most likely made you feel valuable. It's not that that teacher knew the most. It's not that that was the smartest teacher out of all the teachers that you had. The teachers that stick out to you that you feel like you really liked, or maybe the coach that you really liked in sports or whatever, some kind of influential person in your childhood, it wasn't because they knew the most. It was because they loved you the most. They cared for you the most. I had a sixth grade teacher who, like, it's crazy to think about because this would just never happen in 2020, but he would invite us over, all the boys over to his house after school, and we would go play basketball in his driveway. Crazy to think about. That probably could never happen uh, in, in 2020 now, but we were like close to him. We were, He was like a mentor to us. And it's not that he, I don't even remember a thing that he taught. I'm sure he taught us great things, but I can't tell you one. And it wasn't even that he was the smartest teacher, but we knew that he cared about us. And it's the old adage, man, I know it's cliche, but people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And uh, dude, man, our kids, if all we're doing is giving them wisdom because we want them to have great wisdom and we're giving them instruction because we want them to have great instruction, and yet we miss them just feeling delighted in, we're building a house of wisdom on sinking sand. They'll catch some of it but they'll, they'll miss a lot of it. It will never go into the depths of their soul until they know at their very core, I am delighted in by daddy. Listen, we love God not just because he has more wisdom, but because he first loved us. So here's my challenge to all of us this week. Uh, when I think about delighting in my children, 
when I think about not just instructing them, not just using every opportunity to disciple them and to teach them about the things of God, for sure, keep doing that. But don't forget, if we haven't built the foundation of delight, that most of that will be missed. And so my my challenge to all of us this week is to delight in our kids. And when I think about that personally, here's what delighting looks like in my house. This is very personal for me. I, this week, I plan on taking them on an overnight camping trip. And my I want to be strategic and intentional about laughing with them, about playing with them. I, I've created opportunities where I go and I let them play. I want to play with my kids. I want to laugh with them. I want to hug them. I want to tell them how much joy they bring me. Here's the truth. Honestly, I don't know all of my kids' love languages. I know they have some. I know they're pre-wired to receive love in certain ways and not receive it in other ways. I get all that, and I'll learn that as they get older. I don't know all of them, so I'm just going to use all of them, all the love languages, and I'll just hope one sticks. (laughs) I might take them out to ice cream and give them a hug and tell them and spend quality time with them and give them words of affirmation and physical touch and all that. I don't know which one of those is going to stick, but I'm just going to throw all of them (laughs) at them because I want them to know, man, daddy delights in you. You bring daddy joy. Just because you're my son and you're my daughter, you bring me joy. And I have a feeling that as that foundation of delight really starts to grow firmer and firmer, uh, they'll catch the instruction. They'll catch the wisdom. They'll catch that daddy really used every opportunity to point them to Jesus, but they'll listen first because they know that they were delighted in by daddy. I hope that's helpful for you guys. I love you. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you think it's encouraging, please pass it on to another dad who could use some encouragement on his dad journey. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.